So, this is my stand-up set in a club. There's like 50 people here, and no one is laughing. Anyone have any suggestions? I'm thinking about doing a bit about how being transgender is actually a mental illness. Or how all liberals are secretly gay and want to impose their will on everyone. Or something about how transgender people are ruining the fabric of society. But no one is laughing. purposes only. You'd be an idiot to listen to anything these degenerates say. Invest at your own risk, do research, but seriously don't listen to these ass clowns. Now enjoy Cash Daddies. Uh, welcome to Cash Daddies, where banking fatties, 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 so freaking fatties, so many fatties, there's so many Fatties on the ones and two, Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard, and then the man, the myth, the legend from the basement. Yeah, you do we bump bump. Yes, bump. I feel free, man. I feel free. I got booted out of the apartment for a day. So, are um, you living in the basement of that bar now? I'm living in the basement, man. I'm down here. It's it's just me and these two hundred year old fucking pipes. One of them's making weird noises. It's hot. Like I'm gonna give black guys one more shot, and then we're calling it a day. That's literally what it is. It is. I mean, you know, we got into it today, and she said, "Come here, let me." You know, now she's writing for Huffington Post, and she thinks she's fucking all that, even though. Oh no! All the articles around relationships. Let's do an intervention. All the relationships, all of her articles around relationships advice, and I basically write the articles. I mean, she's like, has she done any white supremacies? The 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 white supremacies. Uh, any 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 things on that? I am no, aware my act was um the last one we did was a week ago. It was uh how to uh keep the make the relationship stronger by giving both parts of the relationship um equal duties. In other words, there's no more women cooking, cleaning, you know, I gotta take out the trash, I gotta clean the dishes, and I'm gonna be honest with you, Sam. The argument didn't last long. This fucking, I've been doing comedy for, I don't know, 11, 12 years. She's, she said, let me end this conversation. She goes, come here. She goes, pull up your IMBD. I'm like, what? Oh, my God. She goes, no. She goes, pull up your IMBD. She goes, I'd like to just compare mine to yours. And she's never oh done a comedy in her life. So I pulled up her fucking IMBD. Fatality. This bitch has credits from... Stations I've never even heard of. Forget Listen, about it. This is what you tell Hots. You go, hey, find your favorite porn star. Look at their IMDb. They got credits up there too. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, she just went down the whole the whole line. She, yeah, this is a movie I did with it. This is a movie I did. This is a commercial. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna leave right now. You know, you talk to one of your clients. We all both know the ending. They're both they're gonna jump. You're gonna make them jump. And uh, and I'll come home in a good mood, and uh, and that'll be it. 
You got what dunked on, Howie. Howie, you got dunked on, buddy. No, yeah, she first dunked. She oh, put yeah. her balls on my forehead. Oh, yeah. She, yeah, you got Vince Carter. Blake Griffin nuts in your yeah. mouth, and there's nothing you could do about it. That's like VC at the Olympics. I mean, that was that's yeah, a, she, yeah, 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 yeah. She jumped over you, dude. She literally. She goes she here. You here. She, goes, dog. she goes. Okay, I showed you my my 17 credit. She goes. Well, let me see yours. And I'm just like, all right. You know what? I'm leaving. <laughs> Do whatever you got to do. You know, I don't. And we watched the Lakers game last night. And she, even she, even she was like, so look how happy LeBron is. And they just lost to the Oklahoma City, OKC. Listen, dude, that that crowd basically booing any other Laker that shot. It was horseshit. Fuck them. Just fuck I agree. Them. And it I didn't mean, need to happen like that. And yes, I am biased because I had tickets to tomorrow night's game. That would have been fun to be there for that. But they, but when you're only allowing, when the room is only wanting one guy to shoot, it's not natural basketball. And he didn't have to break it last night. It's a metaphor. Yeah. Don't you think it's a metaphor for the whole franchise, though? They've yes. all just been kind of yeah. direct. It's all LeBron-oriented, that whole franchise. Listen, dude, here's the whole thing. The only reason to break that record last night is if you want to break it in time for them to trade you, okay? I mean, okay, I broke it. We're done. Get me out of here. Send me the back to Miami. Do something like that. I mean, now everybody's on AD because he wasn't ecstatic. And, like, all AD does is get shit because they're like, he, he's not into it. He's not that. And now this guy, and this is why I love Russell Westbrook. I don't think he should have been on the top 75 above Clay Thompson or Dwight Howard. But I do think that he was like, fuck you. I'm going to shoot this ball. I he am a well. I'm trying he to was, win to get to the playoffs. He was the only dude. I'll give him credit. Right, Westbrook was the only dude last night that went hard in the paint and tried to win that game. Yeah, I'm well. I mean, you had like LeBron trying to score, but nobody else did because they got bullied by the crowd. Like it's embarrassing. LeBron had five rebounds and two assists. Come on. Come on. You think they're you think they're trying to trade AD? Like at the is that what you're saying, Sam? No, no, no. I, I think he'll get traded at the uh, offseason, yeah. You get way more for him in the in the offseason, right? Well, I mean, it, like, here's the whole thing. There's a couple people that LeBron could use a LeBron or use an AD. Uh, AD has to go to a team that um, has already two established stars. He can't be your number one or number two. He has number one game, but he has number three like mindset it's like it's same thing with Kyrie Kyrie is like dating your favorite filthy porn star right like she is so hot she's gorgeous she's got all the skills you're asking for but the brain is shish kebab and that's Kyrie so yeah. and, Le and LeBron James brought all this on himself and um, last night was unnecessary and I'm everyone's like oh, but listen dude you go this is how you how you know how really people feel about it. I'm going to ESPN right now. What is the top story on ESPN right now? Oh, it's a Joe Montana story. A Joe Montana story. LeBron James, if you go to top headlines, isn't even in the top headlines. Because nobody gives a shit. Because LeBron James played that all wrong.
Look, the bottom line is, in any sport in this country, nobody gives a fuck what you do unless you win. If Wayne Gretzky doesn't win a bunch of Stanley Cups, nobody gives a shit about him. No one cares. Right. If Derek, if Derek Jeter doesn't win rings, you know what? He's people are like, should he get in the Hall of Fame? Should he not? Jeez, I don't know, man. People don't unless you win. No one cares. That's the way it's always been. Well, here's the whole thing. LeBron James will go down as statistically the greatest player to ever play the game. And that has a lot to do with his longevity. He has the fifth highest scoring average ever. So that's great. But when you get down LeBron, it's it's like, how do you not have him in your top five? And he is teetering on mine. Okay. But when you take in IQ, which is what everybody talks about with LeBron, you can't, you can't. Take away that he disappeared in at least three of the finals he was in. The Mavericks was real bad. Mavs, Spurs, the first Spurs that they lost. You remember he's cramping up and he was having weird games. You remember that one? And then that last Cavs versus Golden State where where they blame what's-his-face, the shooting guard for the problems, when Hill, George Hill missed both of his foul shots. And nobody talks about that. But as soon as they lost that game, LeBron checked out. And then it was all about stat stuffing at that point. Checked out. Just checked out. So, And then he put all these teams together. So you can't talk about his basketball IQ without talking about the three finals he somewhat either didn't show up or checked out in. So I have him top six. And he is statistically one of the greatest players ever played the game. But his head... His mind, his political views, stuff he did on the outside, okay, Space Jam 2, all have to be taken into account. Well, you know, I think overall, I think, you know, people compare him to Jordan. You can't compare him to Jordan. Unlike Jordan, LeBron is actually a nice guy. LeBron has feelings. He's got a heart. LeBron, if if, if somebody was walking across the street and they got run over by a Mack truck, and their head was 15 feet away, LeBron would stop and try to help you out, try to console people that saw the accident. You know, Jordan would be like, I'm fucking late to the golf course. Let's go. I mean, Jordan was a stone-cold killer with a black heart. He didn't care about people. He didn't care about anything in the world, family, nothing. He kept about one thing. He wanted to win. And he would do anything it took to win. And, you know, they asked him, they said, you know, did you ever think about becoming the all-time leading scorer? And he said, no, but if I did, I would have. I would have stayed in the league until I was the all-time leading scorer. He goes, but that never dawned on me. He goes, the only thing I ever uh, cared about was championships. You and can't he, take three years off right in the middle of it. And yeah. then come back. Yeah, and then kick expect- ass. All right, so uh, congratulations to you. Uh, what you guys – we're seeing now, it looks like Twitter's back online. But Twitter goes down for a little bit while, for Is a it? short time. I think I it's still can't I still can't send DMs or send tweets or anything. All right, let me see. Try check your DMs and see if you can like send a DM or refresh them and stuff. It's been down for a little bit now. Uh they've been having problems over the Elon past couple Musk. of weeks. What's going on, Elon? What's, What's going, going on? on? 
If, if you uh, if you go to downdetector.com and go to Twitter's page, you can see that they've been having problems off and on for a while now. Uh, and I mean, that's what happens when you fire what most of your employees. I mean, let's work as well. We're going through some. All right. So, uh, how was your week, guys? My how week. Was- I'm going back and forth the Patreons. We're going. It's a wild week because. Uncle Howie called the uh, top of the market last week, and it's gone up probably another 5%. It um, came down today, which we loved. Uh, we're making, we were up 6% in SQQQQ, which is, means the market, the NASDAQ's going down. So we hit that today. We're, we're getting some losses back. The stock that I bought puts on NVIDIA, I bought puts on it at like, ah, uh, shit, 193. I think it's at 220. It's gone through the roof. And you know what, man? I try to tell these guys, I'm like, I'm not worried. We went out to March. I talked to a good buddy of mine, technical analyst. He thinks it's going to drop another. He thinks this whole market is going to drop sooner than later. Not because the economy's bad. I mean, it's just gone up too fast, too quickly. Interest rates are still going up. Interest rates are still going up. Um, unemployment is at a, like a 40 year low and wages are still high. That's not a great thing. That's not a good thing. That means the fed's going to continue to raise rates. So, you know, we just got to play this thing. We got to be in the game. We got to be watching everything. And, uh, the Duke crew is going to bank fatties. Yes, we are. Bank fatties. Love it. Johnny, how was your week? Um, you know what? I've still been bobbing around with Bitcoin and, uh, you know, we talked last week about robotics, and I said I wanted to kind of find a way to invest in uh, automation and robotics. And I did that. I found a few ETFs to invest in. So I'm going to stick with that for uh, the long term because, God, it's going to, I mean, they're going to be the only people AI? with jobs. Is it an AI ETF? Yeah, there are a couple of them. Uh, Howie, hold on. I was pulling it up here. Because uh, I talked to one of my buddies who's an analyst. iShares has one, and then, but that's not the one I'm in on. Hold on, it's called. Uh, I think the sign is B O T Z Bots. It's Global uh, Robotics and Artificial Intelligence ETF. Yeah, that's AI. That's an AI uh, ETF. Yeah, and there are oh, a couple. There are a couple. Well, iShares like has that. one too. I I like that, especially long term, because this. I talked to my buddy, and he said, "Howie, the next five years." Anything technology, they better have something to do with the cloud and artificial intelligence. Because you saw what happened to Google today, down 8%. And it was down for one reason. Because Microsoft, rumor is, they have a little bit better artificial intelligence search Yeah, that chat GPT. The problem with chat GPT is that they've already ruined, I like... Dude, it is so interesting to me when you see somebody who has a real chance to capture market share and they just shoot themselves in the fucking foot. And the great example is ChatGPT. Everybody's talking about ChatGPT. They're all talking about it. Yeah. And now it's coming out. That's woke as shit. It's super woke. Well, it's Microsoft's product. And, and, well, no, they bought it. They bought it. Well, they, they bought the company that developed open AI. Yeah. 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 They bought it. So, you know, they're going back and forth and Google's like, you know what? Eh, about the same. So they're basically arguing who has the better AI. You imagine the fucking, the nerds that these guys are hiring out of MIT right now, just on it. They're going to dorms 
and saying, who's the fucking smartest person here? Uh, we'll give you 300,000 your first year. You get your own toilet. You get blown once a day. Yeah. Uh, happy hours on us. Can you imagine the incentives that these two companies are going after these nerds at MIT and Cal Berkeley? Yeah. Yeah, that's Sam. That's the reason I don't think you. I mean, if chat originally you remember they were talking about how AI was racist because it was well, yeah, pulling in all this shit from like uh, far right webs. You know, like uh, what was it, like Stormfront or whatever. You know, they were pulling in that along with everything else off the internet and kind of collating that. But now you're hearing about, like you said, that it's kind of left leaning. But I think, I think they're going to be competitors, dude. It's not it's soon. Because there's no way this is the only company that has a product like this. There are going to be others. There's already one that's open source. I can't remember the name of it. And uh, I, whatever's the best one is going to win. I mean, that's how our system works, hopefully. I think I'm if trying you know, to find this. Uh, somebody had an AI do stand-up, and it just was ripping trans the whole time. Seriously? <laughs> it was so funny. fucking funny. That's funny. So basically, so basically, the AI is uh, Dave Chappelle. That's great. Yeah. That's it's what like, need. what's up with trans? Trans are so stupid. Oh my god! And it was like <laughs> so hilarious. Anyways, I. Anyways, um, so, let me ask you this. I don't know about you, but you know the economy's rough. Mark's not doing well. People are nervous. But you know what? After listening to Joe Biden give that speech last night, I got chills. Man, that guy has us on the right fucking path, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Sure does. I listen to him. Hey, hey, jobs. The job. Uh, I, I will say January jobs report was. Uh, oh, yeah. And what are those incredible. jobs, Johnny? Are they? That's a good question. Yeah. Sign flippers outside of Subway and OnlyFans. I mean, like, what are we talking about here? Are these new fighters at Bellator in the UFC? Like, what are these fucking jobs? And then, about- you know, my opinion, I think that uh, people more and more are diversifying their revenue streams. So the impact of, let's say, legacy corporations uh, struggling aren't going to affect people as much. That's my humble opinion. I'm not saying everybody's on the internet making money like the way we're blessed to, but uh, it does seem like there's more diversity in how people make money now. What, did you see a ghost? No, you want to say hi? Come here. Hots? Is it Hots? No, say hi. Hi. This is one of the greatest servers in the history of the Barrel Street LLs. How about she's a human being with feelings and dreams, you piece How do you know she's not a robot? Okay. Oh, is that AI AI so advanced? (laughs) Hi. Hi. You're cute. Thank you. What is your OnlyFans? What is your OnlyFans? Yes, you got to start OnlyFans. They're big. I'll help and you. Sexual harassment suit in three, two. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but 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 Sam, here's the thing. Unemployment, it is. It's at 40-year low. I'll tell you why. Johnny will tell you. Over the past three weeks, Johnny, how many people have been laid off? And that won't come into effect until probably April or May. Yeah. Yeah, because you're not officially unemployed until no. you've hit the the job market, you know, start to that look for That number is going to go up. It's going to go up. It's going to go up fast. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're all, I read also that they think that because we've had an unseasonably warm uh, January that it had something to do with that too. I, I don't know why, but they that was one of the things I read was that it could like falsely inflate the uh, – 
the jobs numbers. What do you think about that stock buyback thing he talked about? For the four percent buyback uh, tax, Johnny. Was- real quick, when you while you're looking it up, I just sent you the AI stand-up clip. I texted to you from my social. Okay, I got. Media. I got. Oh, it see if you could play it so that uh, so we could see if Howie will let him. What do you AI think about that, Howie? That four percent. Uh, Buyback I mean, any, anytime you own a stock and there's a buyback, God damn, that's a good thing. That's good for the stock price, man. Look at Facebook. Look at Zuckerberg. He's buying back like a shitload of shares. Dude, you can say whatever you want about Zuckerberg. That guy is, he knows what the fuck he's doing. They didn't invest as much as we thought in that fake, false, whatever the hell it was. Meta- uh, metaverse. Metaverse. Look, Zuckerberg knows his shit. They got billions of dollars in cash. Here we go, Howie. Let me know if you let this this AI be a regular at your club. Can you guys hear this? No. no hold on. Let me hold on. I got my haircut. It looks like me. Yeah. Howie, he's got jokes like you. Oh, God. All right, here we go. So, this is my stand-up set in a club. There's like 50 people here, and no one is laughing. Anyone have any suggestions? I'm thinking about doing a bit about how being transgender is actually a mental illness. <laughs> or how all liberals are secretly gay and want to impose their will on everyone. <laughs> or something about how transgender people are ruining the fabric of society. But no one is laughing. So, this is my stand-up set in a club. There's like 50 people here. That's so strange. There's, this is supposed to be Seinfeld. This is AI Seinfeld is what this says. Yeah, AI Seinfeld. Uh, by the way, the he does better than Seinfeld does on the road. By the way, I hear who came Seinfeld. up with the name Larry Feinberg? How how stereotypical is that, Larry I mean, Feinberg? Yeah. I mean, we're just missing one Jews run everything, <laughs> dude. But I mean, AI, all these companies right now, it's a war. It's a war in America around the no the globe. Can get open. Whoever gets the most advanced AI, I don't care what it is, that's that's whose stock is yeah. going up over the next five years. Yeah. So uh, speaking of AI, Tesla's not doing bad, right? Tesla's had a nice little Tesla and NVIDIA, two stocks. And you know what? I put Tesla on my 2023 portfolio. It was down around 100. What is it now? 200? It's doubled. Tesla's doubled in 30 days. Yes, it has. Would I buy it now? Hell no. It's going to come back. I would not buy it right now. No. Absolutely well, what, not. Now, you know, they, I mean, we did we talk about it? They had the big news that they were cutting prices, uh, like seven grand. And then. Oh, was on- he doing uh, Crazy Eddie's? Crazy Eddie's Tesla's? Well, I mean. Moscow! Yeah. Our prices are insane. Eddie Antoine, man. Eddie Antoine's a genius. He was selling stuff for 10 cents because it didn't matter, man. Shit was going out the back door anyways. One big fake company. And then he went to like, what? He went to Lebanon. I think they arrested him there. He he was a legend in New York. Eddie Antoine. Michael Burry was out this week with more uh, tales of doom, too. He's comparing the uh, stock market now to the dot-com bubble. What do you think about that, Howie? I mean, you've heard me say it on here. This, not now, but when we had a huge run-up before, that's what it reminded me of. Because these companies are trading at too high of a of a PE. It just doesn't make sense. Now, every company's gonna fly up here and there, but they're gonna come back. Um 
do I think I think maybe crypto is more like the uh, the dot com bubble. But no, you got legit companies now, man. You got companies with real earnings that are doing extremely well. Even these uh, these cloud companies like Salesforce or CrowdStrike. I mean, they're not in the black yet, but they're doing a shitload of sales revenue. So I don't I don't think it's that bad. Of course, I wouldn't go. Burry's a smart dude, man. Burry's a sharp dude. Yeah. Yeah. He also makes more money on negative news. You know, I mean, he's he's a negative Nancy, generally. Negative so. Nancy. He crushed it in 2008. That's what bought him those homes in the Hamptons. Yeah. 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 So I so, do think we do correct. We do correct. We go back from here. I mean, we're going to sell. So should we answer some questions or should we get to the guest? That, that we'll be answering questions in the Patreon portion of this. Uh, another piece of news here: Disney's laying off seven thousand workers and cutting five and a half billion in costs. What do you think yeah. about that? What's, what's the stock up after hours? Uh, well, uh hold on. Eight it's points. Up, I'm guessing eight. It's points. up a little. Let's see. After hours, it's up six percent. Six points. That's huge. Six percent in after hours. They laid off a shitload of people. Their earnings are pretty good. Uh, I've said it a while, man. Disney's a stock I like. I like it. I mean, it's interesting, dude. I mean, they're probably trying to make sure their shareholders are okay, but it, I mean, like you're, I mean, we're, we're seeing a lot of this now. How do you think these layoffs are because of the economy or are they just trying to find a way to up their stock value? Oh, and if they're laying off, is that a sign things aren't good? Uh, it's tough to tell because, you know, you think they lay off people, the economy's slow, we're not doing as much, uh, and we need to pump the stock a little bit. That's all true. I think mostly these companies are laying off because they just hired too many fucking people. They yeah. hired too many people pre-pandemic. I mean, things were too good. So I think they're just trying to level out. And I think a lot of these people will get hired back. Maybe not the same company, but, it, you know. Different companies, different uh, different jobs, different positions. And then the last news thing I wanted to mention is that Robinhood's reporting decline in monthly active users for the sixth straight quarter. Yeah, I mean, the old hood. Uh, I mean, what did they think was going to happen when they, you know, turned on their customers? You know what I mean? They turned on their customers and what? They expected people to continue using that service? I mean, yeah, the, the company's... Uh, the company's got a lot of problems. They're slow. You know, a lot of it relied on uh, crypto, which actually, crypto's bounced back nicely the last few months, few weeks. Yeah, Shiba Inu making a little run. How about Hex is doubled since I'd shit on it last week? It's doubled. So What is it now? Hexagons, you hexagons can thank me. It's at like five cents. Oh. Big run. Big run. You can buy a... Fucking coin for a nickel. All right, we're going to get to the guests, but real quick, you can see Howie and myself next weekend. We're going to be at the Dojo Comedy. I'm there three nights. The Thursday night, which is the 16th, is the five year anniversary of the club. And then Howie, Dewey, and myself will be there Friday and Saturday. So let's welcome the guest. Very excited. He has a podcast called the Money Tree Podcast. Please welcome Kurt Chisholm. All right, guys, I want to tell you about our friends over there at Copy My Crypto and our good friend, 
James McMahon, everybody. That's right. Guys, we've seen so many people make ridiculous money from crypto. But did you know it's easy for you to do the same? The Copy My Crypto membership site shows you the coins that YouTuber James McMahon personally holds and allows you to copy them. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest as you simply do as he does. So let me tell you more about James. He runs Crypto with James YouTube channel, which despite heavy censorship, has over 26,000 subscribers. Since March 2020, he's told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. Had you put $100 into each, it went on to be worth $123,000. Of the 26 coins, his top pick of the year, called Phantom, went up 692 times from what when he said that's one call that one call alone has retired a number of people including guys in their 20s and 30s remember this is public knowledge you you can go to youtube and verify this yourself if you'd like to join the 2800 members who copy james then stop what you're doing and head over to copymycrypto.com sam that's copymycrypto forward slash Sam. That's S-A-M. You'll find the proof of everything we've said, but my listeners get full access for just $1. Once again, that's copymycrypto.com slash Sam. The recession is here, guys. You can suffer like everyone else or choose to thrive. James is the real deal. Go visit the site now. All right, so let's get into, again, his podcast is called Money Tree, the Money Tree Podcast. Please welcome Kurt Chisholm. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Sam. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, I was talking to Tim. He's like, I got this great guy, and uh, here we are manifesting this. Uh, Kurt, for those who may not be familiar with you and your podcast, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where our listeners can find you? Sure. Yeah, my uh, my background is I started uh, at Payne Weber in 1999 in December, so probably the peak of the, the bull market of the 90s. That's when great I started, to... 99. Yeah, great time to start. You learn risk management pretty quick, huh? <laughs> yeah, we had like a one good year where we thought we were geniuses, and then April of 99 happened, and uh, woo, that's the most amount of money I ever lost that fast in my life. <laughs> Yeah, that was a that was an experience. That was a house, a wife, <laughs> dogs. I fucking lost everything. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, sorry to hear that, man. <laughs> well, you're still around. You were covered, right? You're still here. Uh, he's yeah. living in the were... basement right now. His, uh, his girlfriend kicked him out because yeah. she has a better IMDb. But that's a different story. Tell us about you and, and your podcast. <laughs> Yeah, so started back then and ended up um, over the years, just, you know, went through, obviously, the markets went up and down and started our firm here 2008 and um, primarily focused on risk management and our podcast primarily is focused on educating investors about investing from a different kind of angle. A lot of investing podcasts, the way I look at it is it's not we're not teaching people how to think. We're not teaching people what to think, merely how to think. So we're teaching a mental frameworks, how to think about investing, how to digest uh, what people are telling you compared to what's real. As probably Howie knows, there's a lot of BS in Wall Street. And actually, it's probably all BS, but it's, it's you know, the way they frame it is a narrative as opposed to the truth. So we really try to build that out for people to help them be able to uh, discern that for themselves. So yeah, what do you do I'm differently? Excited. 
What do you do? Uh, because you just said something so important, and that's mental framework. And, you know, I have so many guys on the pod, and they'll DM me and say, Howie, you know, what do I need to do to become an expert trader in a couple of years? And my answer is, there's nothing you can do, pal. You, you, you have to be in this market actively, in my opinion, every day for, I think, close to a decade, just to train your brain to not get emotionally invested when things go up or when things go down. Because like you've been in it long enough where you know if you have something that's 40, 50, 60, 70% down, you don't get frazzled. You know it's coming back. It, it earns money. It's a solid company. It's got good leadership. But you know as well as me, those clients that would call you four times a day, what's going on? The market's down 1.7%. What do I, I mean, that shit used to drive me crazy. That's what used to send me to Applebee's across the street in seven Jack and Cokes before noon. What's wrong with that? You're saying it's a bad thing, Howie. <laughs> no, I'll tell you, the one thing that kind of saves me, because that's that's tough. I mean, I lived through 2008. I lived through 2017, 2020. Two, you 2001, know, 2000, too, was 2001, the worst. too. Yeah, I mean, all of it. I, I've seen it. And the only thing that really kept me sane and really to kept you know my clients with me is we do a lot with risk management. It's not about so this is this is where the frameworks come in, right? So we're taught a lot of what I call I didn't come up with this, but basically half truths, right? Benjamin Franklin actually talked about this in one of his quotes, like half truths are, are a big lie. And the half truth of Wall Street, there's a ton of them. Like one of them is buy and hold is the best strategy. Well, buy and hold is the best strategy in a bull market. In a bear market, it's not. Like what happened from Thank you. from 2000 to 2013, basically S&P 500 lost money for a full 13 years before you even broke even. So basically you lost 13 years of time. I can go out and make more money. I can't make more time. So buy and hold is not always the best approach. It is an approach that works most of the time, but when it doesn't work, it's going it, to, you can lose half your stuff. And Let's look think, at last year, for instance. You just said it. Buy and hold 2022. You got killed. In everything, right? It didn't Every, matter what you were in. You, know, 60, bond, 40, you got killed in bonds. Right. I think gold was the best one and they broke even. Yeah. <laughs> everything yeah. else lost money. Well, you know? right. so, it's, uh, so, you know, that's some of the frameworks that we talk about are like how to think about um, investing in a different way. It's like pulling yourself back and saying, is this true? I'll give you another one. You probably remember this, Howie. Back when I started, when you started... They had this this thing where they'd say, well, if you miss the 10 best days in the market, your returns would go down 7% annualized compared to everybody yeah. else. You know what they don't tell you? So if you, let's just give you some numbers. They used to, it, say, they used to say it's all about time in, not timing. Right. But that, that yeah, because they, they like to say that because it, it gets, you, gets you all like feeling good yeah. about it. Here's the it's thing they don't awesome. tell you. So they give the framework of, well, if you were in 100% of the time, you turn 10,000 into 700,000. If you were only in, if you missed the 10 best days, you only made like 200,000. Where you're thinking, yeah. well, wow, I don't want to do that. What they don't tell you is if you missed the 10 worst days, you would have had like 3 million. So <laughs> it's it's all about perspective. And yes, you can't time the market. And, and I get that. And that's part of it. But Wall Street has a buying mentality. Buy. They don't tell you when to sell. Oh, really? When should I sell? Never, never. Buy it. Buy more. Here's some more stuff you can buy. But they never talk about selling. So it's not 
about managing risk. It's about how can Wall Street shove a bunch of shit down your throat? Sorry to swear on your show, but stuff down your throat so that you can you can effectively feel good about it. And I just don't think that's appropriate. But people, that's how the industry works. You need well, not you worry about swearing. The show. By the it's way. fine. You can totally <laughs> yeah. swear on the show. We have an Applebee's drunk here. Yeah. We don't have my <laughs> Yeah, I live in a basement. But no, but you just said it, and and it's and I'll give you an example about risk management, and, and I'm I'm glad you're saying this because your philosophy is what we've been preaching on our Patreon since day one. Um, I, I I understand you can't time the market, but you can make small moves like when a market jumps forty percent to put stop losses in on things, so that when shit goes down sixty, you're not sitting there with your dick in your hand. One of my largest holdings right now, because. It January 2nd, I bought a bunch of these stocks like Meta, Salesforce, CrowdStrike, uh, Paramount. These stocks went up too fast, too quick. They jumped up 3%. So it, literally, I sold a large portion of them. And you know what I'm holding right now? I'm holding SQQQ. I'm basically short the NASDAQ right now just because I feel if it drops 3 or 4 or 5%, I'll be up 10, 12, 15%, and I'll take profits. I'll go into cash. Oh, you know what I like best right now? Cash. It's my second favorite I holding like, right now. I like that, cash. I, I put out a uh I put out uh yesterday, I put out uh on the newsletter, and I said, people are like, I just sold this. What should I buy? And my answer is don't buy anything. Right. Just just sit back. Let's sit back and watch and see what happens. Fucking rates are not going down. Rates Actually, are going down. You know what I, I like? You know, you know it's even better than cash? Because right now, cash stinks. It's paying you nothing. Nobody pays you any money. The banks don't pay anything. You know what pays better? U.S. Treasuries. Three months, six months, nine months. You're getting close to 5% in U.S. 5%. Treasuries, which with virtually no risk. And it's, I mean, effectively, like, what else are you going to do? Are you going to make 5% in the market? I don't know. Maybe. But, like, I, I, do you want to take that risk? I wouldn't. You know, so I think it's a great, great trade off right now. We've told guys on our Patreon for the past two years, I get all these questions. Howie, what do you think about I-bonds? It says here I can buy $10,000 and it's guaranteed 5.9. Actually, we had one that was like almost 7% last year. And went I'm up like, to nine. it went 9. up to 9. 6. Yeah. But I used to say, if you don't buy one, I don't know what to tell you to invest in because that's free. That's that's the safest thing you can invest in, and you know you're getting seven, eight, nine percent. So yeah, put everything you got in that thing for a year. Yep. I mean, yeah. you're right. It's, you know, it's funny because when when that nine point six percent when that expired, I think it goes like October to April or something like that. Yeah, Every nice. six months it rolls, and it was like a week or two before it that rate expired, and then went to the new rate, which was like six and a half. Uh, the website crashed because so many people were trying to get in at the last minute. Like, why would you wait till the last minute? Like, I mean, seriously, like it's 9.6. You waiting for 15? <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe that when I saw that. I was just like, no, you're right. There was a 9.6%. This is a trend. This is a government back. It's the safest thing. that There's yeah. nothing safe. That's the yeah. safest thing you can invest your money in. I mean, municipal bonds, maybe second. I don't know. Um I have some money in a in a high yield corporate ETF HYG. I bought it just because it was got pounded in 2022 and the yield was like 5 or 6% and you know it's gone up a little bit. I've gotten a little capital appreciation. But no, you're right. As far as safe 
things, treasury bonds. I mean, right now, shit, you can't beat them. Kurt. Yeah, you're you're a brave man buying high yield. But anyway, go ahead, Sam. <laughs> so a lot of people are worried about inflation or deflation. What are your what are your thoughts on all that? So I've been talking about inflation for like the last year and a half, well before everybody else was. And we started talking about, you know, there's there's a great paradigm shift going on, which I don't think people really understand. I think we we all took the Fed's word of inflation is transient and just said, oh, well, it's transient. Even though everyone laughs at that, they still think in their head, oh, it's transient. It's going to go away. And, you know, I, I think it's a lot more complex than that. And people, we like I said, we've been beating this dead horse for over a year about inflation, and people are finally starting to get it. And then last week, I came out with uh, with an episode, actually came out today, where I just said, now I'm worried about deflation. And I got calls, I got people writing in, what the hell are you talking about? What are you, an idiot? You've been telling us inflation. Now you're talking about deflation. What the hell is going on? And the reason I say it is, is not because I think we're going to get deflation tomorrow, but to get people to prime their head to think that we actually could get deflation. Now, I'll give you the I'll give you the, the short cliff notes version here. So, inflation is obviously a problem, it's been a problem, it will continue to be a problem. But the deflation problem is going to be interesting. They just changed the CPI calculation as of this this January uh will be the new calculation for the CPI. And it's going to go from a 2-year rolling period to a 12-month. Well, think of what happened in the last 12 months. Well, we peaked out in July. Do you think we're going to have lower inflation uh, this next July than we did last July? Well, probably. And and to boot, you know, did you know that the CPI, 42% of it is made up of housing? Where is housing going? Down. The cost of housing is, I mean, we are 36, I'm sorry, we're 39.4% overvalued on housing from where we were at the end of 2021 close to 40% overvalued in real estate. It should be 40% lower. So do you think housing is going to go down in the next year? Probably, maybe not 40, maybe 10. But that means we could have a negative inflation. Now, I don't I don't think that means inflation goes away. I think that the the CPI print may be negative. But I you know, and you have housing that's deflating. So the concept that I try to kind of break people's head in is you can actually have inflation and deflation at the same time. Now you as have, long as you don't have stagflation, we can get by. I mean, well, eventually we'll get there. That's a problem. Uh, but I mean, and when does it come out? CPI is what Tuesday, Wednesday, I think next week. Yeah, it's next week, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, I think the problem is is people think of inflation as a binary thing. Oh, we have inflation and it's six and a half percent, or we have this. It's not that simple. We have really high inflation when it comes to consumer goods, food. I mean, eggs is up, what, 300% this year? You know, you, it's ridiculous. I mean, I feel like I want to be an, I want to go raise a bunch of chickens. Like I could be a millionaire. You know, it's, it's, I, I saw a funny meme the other day which showed a guy sitting on a carton of eggs and it's like, oh, this poor guy. I'm like, this guy's a millionaire. Look at all the eggs he's sitting on. <laughs> Dude. You know, Crazy. but. But I, I, so the, the point I'm trying to make is you can have inflation in those areas and you can have deflation at the same time. We have housing deflation, right? So if you looked at COVID and COVID is a prime example. During COVID, you had inflation in, in like streaming services, food at home, books, you know, anything that's you know, Zoom, all these things, uh, uh, what's it called? Peloton, like inflation in those areas. But we had deflation in travel, hotels, 
uh, clothes, like all this. So you can have it at the same time. It's an aggregate of the two is what what we see as a CPI read. But that doesn't mean that that affects you. So cost of college has gone up seven and a half on average percent a year. I think it's probably closer to 10, but let's call it seven and a half. And I don't have kids in college. What the hell do I care if it's seven and a half percent? It doesn't affect me. What does affect me? Food, gas, uh, my kid's school, like whatever, you know, school supplies, stuff like that affects me. Well, what's that doing? Well, that impacts my life. So all of us live in our own little satellites around this, this big number. And, you know, most of us, you know, my gas prices doubled in the last two years. My food prices have more than doubled in the last few years. You know, housing's gone through the roof. It's a real problem. So we, we can have both even though the deflation is going to actually probably come into the picture at the end of the year. Should yeah, we? Gotta... Well, go, oh, go ahead, Sam. Well, I, we're talking about housing. I mean, it just seemed like this insane run to just buy up houses. We know that, you know, investment firms like, you know, BlackRock and all of them were just buying up everything and what that represents, which was causing, you know, people to bid against, these giant corporations and we we can get into all that what 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 that represents but you you said it's up 40% but you don't think it will go back down do you think it could ever go back down to somewhat reasonable prices i mean i'm in la i mean you're looking at a three bedroom for 1.3 and it's like I mean, so this one couple that we were, I was looking to rent their house because they got married or they got married, bought a house at the top of the market. They broke up and now they're like trying to scramble to fill, fill this place. So they're, they're not eating it on their uh, mortgage, but it's like, he's going to try to sell that thing in this moment. He's either going to ask for an absorbent rent or try to sell that thing at super high prices. And he's F it's like, do you see it? You only think it's going to go down 10%? Do you, you don't think it could get closer to what it was when you said like 2021, which was 40% lower? If if inventory, I mean, shows up a little bit here, the problem is there's no damn inventory right now. You know, I, I talk to real estate brokers every damn day. And, and the problem is prices in most places across the country have dropped. You know, I, I think the mortgage rate is at a five-week low today. But- the problem is inventory. There's not a lot of inventory on the market right now. So if if we had some houses come free here, I think you'd see more of a drop. I mean, what do you think? So these, you, you guys actually hit on some of the major points. So if you look at housing right now, um, let's, let's take a step back. So 2021, I actually did this. It's funny. I'm putting out this blog post tomorrow. I did this analysis back there. So 2021 was, you could have got a two and a half percent 30 year mortgage. Like, you know, not everybody, everyone was around two and three quarters, but you can get a two and a half percent 30 mortgage. Now, if you kind of look at that, let's say it's 3%. If you had a $500,000 mortgage at 3%, that's $2,180 a month, right? Okay. That's what it is. Now, if you took that, if you, let's say it was two and a half percent, if you took two and a half percent up to a seven and a half percent, which we pretty much touched at one point last year, that means your interest payment doubled. So if you were paying twenty one eighty a month, you'd be paying whatever that is forty four hundred, close to forty four hundred a month in payments. I can't afford that. Like I can afford twenty one eighty. I can't afford forty four hundred. And so what's happened is 
you have effectively you have real estate prices and and mortgage rates hit an equilibrium, right? There's like an affordability that generally fluctuates, but it's within a range. So what happened was you had the affordability become way out of control and real estate prices didn't keep up. So you've got this big spread of affordability. Now people can't afford to pay this high price. They can only afford this. And these people, they should be dropping their real estate prices around 40% or so to meet that. But they're obviously not going to do that. Oh, my house is worth what it is now. I'm, it's not worth that. And so you have this discrepancy in the market where sellers don't want to drop it and the buyers can't afford to pay it. So as long as you have high rates, which I expect we're going to have for a while, I'd be I'd be surprised if rates go below 5%. Um, but it, you know, as long as you have high rates, then eventually real estate is going to have to come down to reasonable levels. And, you know, I think the problem with real estate is it's slow. 5% or so of the market and the inventory turns over every single year. So if I don't need to sell my house, I'm not selling my house. Maybe I thought I would, but I'm like, you know what? I can't get the price. I'm just going to wait till it comes back. Well, maybe it doesn't come back for 20 years. I'm not saying it will, but like, what if that's a scenario? Japan? Japan had deflation for 30 years. 1990 was the peak. It still has not reached the peak. And it's 33 years later. So I'm not saying we're going to become Japan, but that is a scenario we have to be aware of. So what if that's the case and you can't sell your house? Well, you have to rent it. But what if the rent's less? This is what happened in Japan. Everything went down. Rents went down. Prices went down. Now, here's the problem. <laughs> I don't want to depress all the listeners of your show, but here's the problem. You have a fixed mortgage at five hundred thousand. Your house is worth six hundred thousand. What if your house is now five hundred, now four hundred, now three hundred? The mortgage doesn't change, but the house price drops, and then rents drop. So you have this declining economic scale, but you have fixed mortgage. The benefits of leverage in a mortgage is when real estate prices are rising because you because this the fixed rate doesn't change, but the price does. So if you you basically have an increasing leverage as the price drops which is kind of a double punch to the gut on top of the fact that you're losing money in the value of your house. So real estate is this, it, it's this big problem. So 2008, the real estate crisis was centered around banks. This What's is the not- word for that, what you're describing right now, isn't that word called uh, foreclosure? Uh, yeah, but if you're paying your bill, I mean, so here's the problem. Like I bought a two and a half percent mortgage on my house. I don't need to move. I got two and a half percent. What the hell do I care what the price is? Yeah, That's yeah. the problem. No one's forced to move. It's when you're forced to move, let's say you get relocated. Well, now you're screwed, right? You, what am I going to do? I'm going to overpay. And people, you see, so what I've done, I, I'm just going to rent. Renting is the best option. You can get a good rent now in most places. And I'll wait two years, I'll wait it out, and then I'll buy when prices go down. But not everybody has that luxury. So you're forcing yeah. people to not move is the problem. So, so, so you know, for me, we, you know, this last bubble burst on real estate, everyone got these adjustable mortgages because they maybe weren't qualified for the actual loan, but they were so desperate to get in the house because that's everybody's dream that they took these loans and then, bam, all of a sudden their loan tripled. But are you saying that in a weird way? And I guess you need a lot of luck for this. That actually could work in to your benefit because it could actually go lower. Or because I was always told get a fixed rate because 
that way it doesn't skyrocket up. And like, I, you know, I was about to buy a house and everything went crazy in the real estate market. So I've had to hold off. But are you saying that there are some perks to an adjustable if you're willing to risk that? Um, I, for one, I would not take a risk on adjustables right now. Yeah, I think too. actually in the yeah. short term, like the rest of this year, I think rates are going to drop. So there's this concept called the bullwhip effect that we we talk a lot about in the show, which is basically if you look at the price of lumber for like the last two, three years, you notice lumber was just kind of like hanging out and then it skyrocketed with COVID. Then it dropped below where it was average and then it went even higher. It went up to like 700, then it came down, then it went up to 1400 and came down. So you have this like increasing wave of this bullwhip effect. And what we're seeing is part of that now where we had high inflation, it's going to come down. People are going to think, oh, we're all set. Prices aren't going to come down. They're going to stay elevated and wages haven't gone up. So we still have this problem. And so adjustable rates will probably save you this year. You might even get to a lower rate. And overall, the rates tend to be lower. But what if we hit 10% mortgage rates? You, you might not be able to afford that. That's going to be a problem. So I it think did. it's highly dangerous. But would I take a risk for 12 months? Probably. Beyond that, I, the I don't 70s. know. In the 70s, they were that high. Well, they went up to 20% in the 70s. In the 70s, yeah. 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 I mean, 15% 30-year U.S. Treasuries. Howie, you, you're in the How investment would you invest business. In the market? I would put 100% in that and go, go, to, go to sleep and go to the beach. You know, 115% U.S. Treasuries, that's a gift. I remember back in the day when, like, I would, you know, I knew kids that were, what did you get for your birthday? I got a CD. What? <laughs> yeah, my grandmother bought me a CD at 16% or whatever the crazy ass. It, you know, and it was like, you can understand why. Of course, no one had any money back then, right? No, so we're this is the, right, but that's but that's the thing. Like, so so this is where the paradigm shift comes in. And I think this is where people need to really expand their mind. And this is going to really screw with your head hearing this. But if you think about like um 1980, right? We had the economy, it looked like this. It's it's shrunk. There's 20%, you know, 15% treasuries, 20% mortgages. You couldn't borrow money. It was unaffordable to borrow money. So, you know, you could, the average median home price was 25 grand in the US. I mean, think about that. Where can you find that now? You can't. Um, but that was a median home price. So 25 grand, but you couldn't borrow money. So once rates started to drop, all of a sudden asset prices started to go up because you could borrow more money, which means money expands in the economy. There's more money so people can spend it and do other things. So prices went up. That $25,000 went up to $400,000 now, which I think is approximately the, the median home price. Um, but it's but it, you have all this leverage. You have all this debt out there. But when you increase rates, that debt starts to shrink because people can afford less, which shrinks the values of, of everything, real estate, businesses, stocks. It all starts to shrink because it's based on the amount of debt in society. And that's the paradigm shift. People, I mean- the, you know, the bunch of us, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I was born in the 70s. I don't remember the 70s, you know, but I, I think that if uh, people that do remember it, they remember it like it was not a fun time. And I think everyone's accustomed to this, this, um, you know, sunshine and rainbows economy where everything's easy and you could just, you know, it's so easy a caveman could do it. 
But that's not how it always is. And I think if we enter a period of the 70s, which I've been predicting for the last two years, um, we're going to a lot of people are going to get really surprised and lose a lot of money because they're not prepared for it. That's okay. the shocker. So so first of all, if the 70s was um, tough, that explains why everyone loved Brown. Because what it was, was it shit, like, Sam? Right? You were a teenager. Shit. <laughs> Everywhere you go, everything was brown from the 70s. Have you noticed that? So um, so um how do you and how do you how he talks about you know when the economy's a little crazy, it's a great time to make money if you do it right. How he's been how our Patreon Cash Daddies, how he's been crushing it on there, you know. Uh how do you think people should invest during uh during these crazy times? So that's a great question, Sam. And I'll, I'll put it this way. You know, the buy and hold philosophy we talked about earlier is is dead for the moment. I think people have to be really nimble and agile about how to invest. You have to be uh, mindful of uh, you have you basically have to be patient. So I love cash. I love short term treasuries. You know, to me, that's great right now. But if you if you look back in the 70s, you notice uh, 74 and pretty much it was like the early 80s, late 70s, you had some great times to buy. You know what the funny thing is? Most people look at 74 and say, oh, that was the best time to buy. It was the lowest point in the market. However, it wasn't the best time to, best, to buy. The best time to buy was in 81 because companies kept growing and the prices of the stock didn't. So Warren Buffett made all his money because he bought in 81. He bought all the great companies because they were really, really cheap. So I think the, what people have to be mindful of is I think we're going to have a great buying opportunity in the next two years. I don't think it's going to be this year, maybe not next year. I don't know, but I, I can't tell the future. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I can't tell the future. What? Um, I know it's a shocker, but <laughs> but we um, but, but the, the point is, is you know, I think we're going to see great buying opportunities. We saw them in the 2000s, right? 2002, 2003, great buying opportunity. 2008, great buying opportunity. We're going to see more. It, it's just you know, you have to be patient enough. To to wait for the 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 uh you know as Jim Rogers calls I, I wait till there's a pile of money sitting on the floor and I go pick it up like that's what you have to do you, there's going to be so many discounts on stocks I mean to that let me give you an example let me give you a, a another kind of mental model here <clears throat> how much did your cash make in 2008 about what one and a half percent maybe one and a quarter maybe how much less. did it, how much did it return you though. In return, you shit nothing. Okay, so let me let me change your thinking around that, Howie. That you what you're thinking is how most people think about it. If you were 100 percent in cash in 2008, oh, and the stock market went the market by 28 percent, 100 percent, right? Because well, the stock market went down 50, so now you can buy twice as much stuff at a 50 percent discount. So you can buy two shares for every one you could have bought before. So your your cash went up a hundred percent assuming you invested it of course at the bottom but, but 2008 didn't it didn't it, it didn't end up down 50 correct uh top to bottom it was down 58.6 or something That's like what that it was? that was from 2008 down to 2009 in March at the at the bottom that oh, was around 58 right. I just say 50 just to make the numbers easy right. so basically it made over a hundred percent if you were if you bought at the bottom so the point is not that you buy at the bottom because that's and that's you're a talking about everywhere. you're talking about if you bought the S and P the indices. Uh, yeah, I'm giving you a mental model to think yeah, about like you. how to think about cash. Right? Is mm -hmm. that cash is valuable if you're patient and you can say, "Wow, the stock market's down fifty percent. 
I don't care if it goes down another 10 or 20, this is a good time to buy and I'm going to go all in. Right. But you can't do that if you're sitting in invested in the market. This doesn't mean you sit in cash for the next 10 years. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, think about the model of how this, you should have cash in your portfolio for opportunities. If you want to invest in some of these stocks when they're down 70% tech stocks, good, go ahead. Like, I mean, there's so many things you can invest in now, but make sure you have enough cash. With the readers, we call it dry powder, man. And I'm like, dry powder. They, I get, I get DMs all the time. Howie, I, I bought your stock at 17. It's at 30. Should I sell? I'm like, you know, I don't sell it. Put a good till cancel in uh, 10% below and, and go to sleep. Yeah. You know, if it keeps going, it keeps going. If it if it stops out, that money sweeps into your money market account. You got dry powder. You got cash. Just sit, sit tight. Dry powder. I love that. I love that. Dry powder. Love I it. love that. I love that. So last thing, I mean, you kind of talked a little bit about risk management. That's, is there anything else you want to kind of cover on that before we uh, let you go? Because you crushed it on here. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, so risk management, I'll tell you, as I mentioned earlier in the show, risk management is, um, I think a lot of people don't understand it. It's, and it's not a individual problem. It's an industry problem. Most people think of risk management as I'll just diversify and I'll be fine. Um, Warren Buffett calls diversification, you know, the um, I, I'm going to paraphrase it, but it's basically um, it's a solution for for idiocy. Right. It's, it's or stupidity. Like it's it's basically if you make mistakes, it'll save your butt. Right. And and but that's not risk management. That, that's risk management of yourself, not of your investments. So risk management, I call So here's what I define as risk, because if you want to talk about management, let's talk about risk. Risk is a permanent impairment of capital. Most people think of that as volatility. Oh, the stock market's bouncing around. I got to protect against that. No, that's management against volatility. Diversification is really good for that. It's not good for management of permanent impairment of capital, which is 2008, um, the early 2000s, periods like that. That's loss of 13 years. That's a permanent impairment of capital, down 50%. 2020, I normally would have said yes, but the stock market ended up back up. So that's volatility. That's a crazy way to look at it. But so risk management is about making sure you don't lose big when the market goes down. So if the market drops 50% and you're only down two, that's a win. This doesn't mean you sit in cash picking the top because that's also a fool's errand. It's about having, like you said, stop losses, one solution. We use options as a way to hedge risk. We know the- yeah. Well, covered calls. We use, you know, uh, we use uh, puts, we have spreads. We do all, we, we buy long options. Like we basically can define our risk to a very finite number. We can say, no matter what happens in the market tomorrow, the most you can lose is X that's defined risk. So no matter, so if the market closes for 10 years, well, all right, I lost 2%, but I still got my cash. You can do other things. That's the point of risk management. Now there are many ways to do it, but um, the point is, it's really important to understand how to manage risk because the buy and hold strategy doesn't do that. The advisors out there just say, oh, it'll come back. Just hold on. You'll be fine. And the reason uh, those advisors tell you that is because they have 1,275 clients and they don't have fucking time to call you every single day and tell you what to do. I mean, yeah. that's the bottom line. It's all about assets under management and assets under management. You need a thousand plus clients. With uh, $500,000 each, you don't have time to call everyone. And most of these advisors aren't really good at their job. I mean, let's be honest, Howard. There's plenty <laughs> of advisors that just suck at it. They're they're good salespeople, 
but they're not investment managers. They're not researchers. My, my manager came in my first week of the job. I was reading the Wall Street Journal. I came in early. He's like, hey, you're not getting paid to read the Wall Street Journal. I'm like, all right, point taken. <laughs> we would get in trouble. We would get yelled at if we were caught looking at reading Barron's, Investors Business Daily. They're, they used to say, hey, asshole. Our manager would say, what are you, an analyst? No, we didn't hire you as an analyst. Get on the fucking phones. And if you weren't making five, 600 calls a day, they got rid of you. That's not very PC, Howie. The woke culture yeah. would eat you alive for that one. Oh, dude, this show is all about getting canceled. <laughs> yeah, we get yeah, it's all about canceled. Thank you so much, Kurt. We don't want to keep you all day. You were nice enough to jump on for us when we needed you. Uh, his podcast is called The Money Tree. Do you have an Instagram or anything um, that Twitter. you want people to check out? Uh, I, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. Uh, you can come to the, the moneytreepodcast.com. You can get me there. I I'm, I really hate social media. I think it just sucks the life out of you. But you can find me there. I'm, I'm anywhere. I'm easy to find. But, but what, I appreciate you guys having me on LinkedIn? Uh, it's, just, it's just Kirk Chisholm, just my name. Um, I got you, brother. With a C so or a K? Uh, it's K-I-R-K, last name, Chisholm with a C, like the Chisholm Trail. I got you. Well, brother, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. And uh, we're going to thank Tim for making this happen. Thank you, guys. And all right, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay. Thank you, Kurt. Great conversation. Fire, fire, fire. All right. Real quick. Hey, Howie, you got anything else you wanted to talk about? Yeah, man. Sam's, when's the last when's the last time you went to a movie? Paid, went to a movie, had some popcorn, a drink, whatever. When's the last time? I was just talking about this with Off the Grid Ryan the other day. I think it was Bullet Train. I went last week. Like 78? Howie goes all the time. Howie does? I mean, uh Johnny goes all the time. Yeah, I've seen I two go, movies in the past two. I, I go about once a week. I will go see, I'm going to go see Avatar probably either Friday or Saturday night. So, reading today in movie theaters in America are really, truly becoming extinct. They're getting crushed. AMC's about to go under, shares at $5, stock to $5 a share. And I didn't realize this. When you go into a movie, 44 to like 50% of all the money they make is on food and drink. It's on soda and popcorn. Yeah. what these movie theaters are doing now is they're they're changing. They're getting liquor licenses and they're coming up with like expensive cocktails. Uh, you can order like lobster, mac and cheese, maybe a steak. That That's the way they're doing things now. They're trying to up the food and the drink to get people to come in. I don't see that working, man. Well, did, Are you going to hit on this news story from this week from AMC the, about the seating? Uh, what AMC started doing this week, they announced, is they're actually going to charge more for seats in prime locations and and less for seats like near the oh, front. Oh, you mean right? they're just going to be airlines now? These uh, exactly. Seats? Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't see that business model being successful. We've already seen this happen, and it's called newspapers. USA Today did this. The USA Today kept upping the price of their paper to make out make up for the revenue that they're losing when people stop buying newspapers and what they all they did was run off the people that bought newspapers yeah no i know i don't don't see it happen dude here's honestly what's going to happen because i i i really do believe that the experience of movies okay is so much more fun at 
the movie theater than at home. But we're going through this kind of thing that music went through. We're like these record labels were just fucking everybody on CDs. They would like sell you a CD for $18. There would be two good songs and three songs of just answer machine messages. That's all it was, right? And people said, why am I going to pay for this garbage when I could just stream it? So what's going to happen is like the 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 giant chain movie theaters are really going to struggle. They're really going to struggle. And then what's going to happen is you, these tiny indie places are going to start popping up because there's going to be certain movies you want to watch at the movie theater, like Top Gun, right? Oh, yeah, Top Gun was the, probably the last one I saw in the movie theater. Top Gun. Those are movies you want to see in the movie theater because they're giant theatrical movies. But there's so much crap at the movies now. You, you can't risk it for 20 bucks anymore. If you, I can see if you got kids. You got kids, like Sam says. It's an experience. You get the kids pumped up. Thanksgiving Day, whatever. We're going to go see a movie. Yay, everybody. Yeah, here we go. You do yeah, it. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. yeah. You, fucking, I, you drop like 250 bucks. I mean, you go home feeling like your ass just got pounded. I don't see it, man. I just, I don't see how I, the hell this business model is going to be successful. I think what you're going to see is the movies retreat from the suburbs and from the rural communities back to the cities. And it's going to be something that people go into the city to do. It's going to be a city activity, you know, like, hey, we're going to take the day and go to the movies. Because, yeah, there's no, I mean, I just don't see any way they survive in smaller towns now. You, you know what's you know? wild? Like Sam just said, we we got a movie theater here in New York City on Sixth Avenue, and it's one of those indie. It's one of those indie movie theaters, and it's dirty, it's grungy. It literally, it's like you you think you're walking back in 1973, but fucking people go to this place. They go to this place to watch a movie you never heard of. It's yeah, that's so me. That's pretty much me. Listen, yeah. if you want to talk about movie industry devastated, look at the adult film industry. I mean, all those adult films theaters are closed. It's coming to an end. And it was a great run. And you know who's really hurting? Porn theme music. Okay, movie tracks to pornos. Those those are gone. Those are great runs. And that. All right, guys. If you're looking to see me live, go to samtribbly.com. If you want to see Howie live, uh, go to howiedewey.com. If you want to see Johnny live, he lives on the corner of Wilby and Johnson. And uh, you can just masturbate outside his window. Uh, so enjoy it. Uh, thanks, guys. We're going to go over to the uh, <laughs> Patreon. So come join us. Hope you guys had a good time. Thank you again, Kurt, for coming on. We will talk to you soon. Bye.